morning. like to greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just, if you don't mind, just turn around and wave to one another. Say hello, brother. Hello, sister. And um, uh, you may take your seats for a moment here. We, I was just noticing the other day that a lot of the young people don't call each other brother and sister. And like some of us older ones do. And I think what it is when we were growing up, it was Mr. So-and-so and Mrs. So-and-so, and we would use these honorific titles that young people don't use anymore. And so, uh, so our parents would say, now in church, we're a little bit more closer than that. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, so you can say brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, and it, and it seemed like a replacement for Mr. and Mrs. And, uh, but, you know, uh, even when we, we have kind of dropped those titles a little bit, it's still good to remember that we're brothers and sisters. In Christ, and we're part of a family, and those aren't just honorific titles that we call older people who are in church. Those are um, you young people think of each other as brothers and sisters, and uh, this family here can be closer sometimes than even your uh, worldly family can be. And so we just—it feels so good to come together at a time like this uh, on a Sunday morning, and everybody we have something in common, and part of that is our adoption into the body of Christ. And so we are that family. We do have that symbiosis, and we, we can bear each other's burdens and love each other just like family. So it's uh, so good to be here. We, um, uh, and then, then I've got a song pulled up called I Come to the Garden Alone. How about that? But you know what? God works in the New Testament with individuals. He comes to us where we are 
all on our own, we make that decision ourselves to follow Christ. But when we come into that, we enter the family of God. And so, um, so you know, by coming to that garden, the song says we've reversed the curse. And we can be back in that state where Adam and Eve were in the beginning, communing with God. Let's just stand again and um, sing in the garden. And just kind of worship him. Just close your eyes and think about that first couple in the cool of the day. When Christ, the word of life, spoke to them in the garden. I love this song. I come to the garden alone. Why?
Brother Drum, I'd like to ask you to, to, in a moment, come forward to pray for these requests that we're about to go over. And um, I was just reading in Galatians this morning, Paul says, bear one another's burdens. And in this way, we fulfill the law of Christ. So it's very important imperative to do that. And um, so as I read these out, uh, these aren't just announcements. I'd encourage you to make, make notes of this, start a prayer journal. And the way we bear one another's burdens, sometimes we need to let them know that, that we're doing that. And this can be done through a call or a text or a visit or just an encouraging word. So um, I'd like to ask to pre- please pray for Sister Sherry. She's been having a lot of pain in her neck. Um, Sister Karen Buchanan, she's down on her hip today. And so she's not with us, so uh, let's pray for her as well. Uh, Brother David, his wife Jesse, and their kids are in Omaha. Did they make it to Omaha? And uh, we just praise God for leading them through a terrible, terrible storm uh, on the way out there. And uh, you may have noticed I pitched the songs a little lower myself this morning. Uh, <laughs> and my wife and uh, children are at home. Some of them have some, some bad colds, so. Pray for them as well. Uh, special request here, Sister Karen Pruitt was admitted to the hospital a week ago with a brain bleed. And uh, she, while she was being transferred, and a bleeding started in another part of her brain. And um, she's uh, back in ICU currently, as far as I know, and needs prayer for the areas of bleeding to stop back, but especially for um, uh, her to be able to uh, respond uh, correctly as well. So keep that on your, on your heart. Uh, we remember Hannah Whitlock in prayer. She recently had dental surgery, and she's at home recovering. And so I know all about that. I've got um, dentophobia and just found out that our pastor has the same condition, so pray for us as well. I went I cracked a tooth, went to the dentist for the first time since 1993, a few weeks ago. And that's the depth of my dentophobia. This week I get a cleaning for the first time since 1993, and a crown put on. Pray for that. Pray for my dentist. Um, We have a special card here, and um, Sister Shirley Lingle writes to you, and this is sort of what we're talking about, Hickory Bible Tabernacle. I just want to say that I love each and every one of you. I thank you for your thoughtfulness. I thank you for the flowers, the calls, cards, and prayers during this very sad time for me and my family. Sincerely, Sister Shirley Lingle. So let's, uh, if you will, Brother Joe, come forward and um, bring these to the Lord. I'll hold these requests in my hand. Let us pray. Our precious and dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thanking you for your love and mercies. Lord, we recognize it today. Lord, as Brother John has spoken, Lord, we're family. We love one another. We're excited, Lord, this morning with our expectations of your visitation with us. Lord, the word that's going to be spoken, Lord, to our heart. And Lord, as we are coping with that word this morning, Lord. We we know, Lord, that you 
cut away what we should not have in our lives. And Lord, you put a bomb and Lord and and bring healing to us, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, for our salvation, Lord. We recognize you, Lord, as the one and only true God. Lord, just continue in the service, Lord. Anoint the speaker. Lord, have us to have what you would have us to have today, Lord. That nugget, Lord, that's meant for us. Lord, all these prayer requests, Lord, and the conditionings of traveling mercies. And Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that we know you hear our prayers. Undeserving as we are, Lord, we know that you hear us. And we're so thankful, Lord, to be part of the bride. Lord, we're so blessed. We're thankful for it. We ask you, Lord, just to continue, Lord, in the song service and the wonderful music you're giving us. Lord, we're just enjoying it and we're thankful for it. Jesus, we say all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand to our feet again. I pledge allegiance to the land with all my strength, with all I am, I will seek to honor his command. I
to the Lamb, but we're going to continue to do that, even if culture says uh, we're going to cancel you, even if your boss says you can't worship the Lord, you can't uh, have those viewpoints and be welcome here, uh, we need to continue to stand up, even if those in the workplace uh, put pressure on you just to sit down, we continue to stand and we'll pledge allegiance to the Lamb, amen. All right, we have the offering. Amen. While the Menards and Clavels are coming forward and they're taking up the offering, let's sing, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. It's like a tree sent by the Thank you. 
God bless you.
change the order of the service and we're going to feast on God's word. I meant to say that we need to pray for brother and sister coffee who are um, not here this morning. We're looking forward to brother Dennis coming and ministering to us and let's just stand on our feet and sing um, come and dine. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his
bring us to a place to where he can freely flow through us. That's why each one of our courses has been what it's been. He's trying to bring us all to that place. Amen. Well, God bless each one of you saints. It's good to be here by the grace of God. And we thank Brother Barry for the invitation, of course, especially with him not being here. Uh, pray to God bless him and his wife, uh, wherever they are. And uh, to my understanding, it's their anniversary, right? Correct? Amen. So we wish them a happy anniversary. Amen. Um, just trying to settle down. <laughs> Amen. It's never easy ministering the word of God. Amen. It's always a burden and uh, it's a weight Amen. because it's so important. Amen. You all are important to God and, and no minister wants to come and just say anything. A true minister of God, he wants to be able to yield himself so that God can speak to his people. Amen. So that's how I'm feeling. So pray for me this morning. Amen. In our Bibles, <clears throat> if you don't mind, let's turn to um, First Samuel chapter three. First Samuel chapter three. also greet you also on the behalf of my pastor, Brother Charles Anderson. Uh, he wanted me to greet everybody as well as Brother Barry. Um, so I'm sure Brother Barry will be listening to this. Uh, so Brother Anderson greets you, Brother Barry. God bless you. All right, First Samuel chapter 3, I want to start in verse 1. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. It says there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. It says that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. I want you to pay particular attention to these next few verses, saints. Nothing you've not heard before, but I just want you to really focus in on these next few verses. And he ran in unto Eli. So he heard a voice call to him, and he ran to Eli. Amen. It says, and said, here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I call not. Lie down again, and he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not, my son, lie down again. And in verse 7, it says this, saints. It says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. 
And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. It says, Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And in Job chapter 33. So God was talking directly to Samuel. But Samuel didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. Amen. And the Bible says Samuel did not yet know the Lord. But yet he was a prophet. Amen. He was born a prophet. Isn't that right? Amen. But he wasn't familiar with God as of yet within his own life. He wasn't familiar with that voice speaking directly to him. He heard the voice of the Lord, but he accounted it to being the voice of a man. That's very important. So in Job 33 and verse 14, it says, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet a man perceiveth not. I'm going to read that one more time. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. Amen. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, Lord, these are your precious people. They came here this morning, Father, because they're in need of more of you. They came to hear from you, Lord. So we just invite you, Father, to please come and help us, Lord. Bless your people, Father, according to your will. In Jesus Christ's holy and precious name we ask it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, saints. I'm going to uh, approach this subject this morning because it's... It's remained on my heart. Um, we had a minister's meeting on yesterday down in Columbia, South Carolina. And, you know, I knew that I was going to come here and minister, you know, about a, over a week or so ago. So I was already considering and praying, praying asking God what it is that he would have for me to, to, uh, to deal with amongst you all. And initially I thought it was one thing. And I continued in prayer, and uh, early this morning, I've been up now since about 3 o'clock. Early this morning, I just kind of woke up out of my sleep, and I just turned over and started praying. And I had already been dealing with this particular subject for several services now in different places and it just seems as though he laid this on my heart and he began to bring more, you know, with it, just showing me a little more. And because of the way that it happened and because it kind of laid on my heart, you know, all the way up until I got here, I just feel led to go with this. So I pray it be a help to you. It's been a help to me. Um, I minister on my own experiences you know, things that God is dealing with me on and things that I've been going through. 
So uh, that's the source of where this is coming from. So by the grace of God, I want to deal with the subject of voice recognition. Voice recognition. Um, the more I study it, the more uh, I see the depths of it and I see how far reaching it is. It covers so many different things. So I'm only going to deal with a certain aspect of this subject on this morning. But I, I believe this is something that touches every one of our lives. Because right now, where each one of us are sitting, you're dealing with voices. Um, our prophet told us that the greatest battle that's ever fought is in the mind, right? So that, that battle is between God and Satan. That battle is between good and evil. So when it's an, it's an influence from God that's always present, but also there is an influence from the enemy that's always present. Satan is always looking for a way to distract us away from the things of God. Amen. He's always trying to find a way to captivate our thoughts, to try to steer our thoughts in the direction that he would have for them to go in. And as a result of that, that's where the mind battles of individuals come from. Amen. I've, I've noticed over time uh, you can have someone that really loves God. They really love God and that they can have a true experience with God, right? But there are certain things that I notice within certain individuals' lives. It's like they, they tend to be plagued with negative thoughts. It's amazing to me how no matter how much God does for a person, Satan somehow is able to come in in such a way to make all the good that God does for a person be forgotten and swaddled up with a focus upon whatever maybe the present negative thing might be or, as the prophet taught us, how he works through our spirit, through our memory. Correct? So Satan loves to try to somehow trigger old hurtful thoughts, Thoughts that, 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 that we've wrestled with, thoughts that he's been able maybe to successfully pull us down with in our minds so that you can't fully walk in the victory and in the joy of what it is that God has actually given you. He has a way of coming in and causing us to forget about who we really are. As I was ministering on this here recently, one thing struck my heart, saints, and that's the fact that here it is. You have an apostle of God. Granted, he didn't have the Holy Ghost as of yet. Talking about Peter. But yet he was ordained to all these things. Right. He was ordained to go into the upper room. Right. But but even though he was where he was in his journey in that boat on that night, midday, probably. Christ came walking on the water. If that be you, Lord, bid me come unto you. And he actually got out of the boat and he began to walk on water. Isn't that right? He was operating in the supernatural. 
in a way that had never been seen before. Isn't that right? But I want to I want to emphasize the power of the voice of Satan. How even though he was actually operating in the supernatural of God. Right. Satan was able to come to him while he was under that anointing. Listen now, and he was able to pull him out from that anointing with his voice. What was his voice? He began to. He calls Peter's mind to begin to focus in on how the water was around him, the weather conditions, the surrounding conditions. And he began to minister to Satan's mind. I mean, to to, to Peter's mind. Right. Peter didn't recognize it was the voice of the enemy. And even though the voice of God was the one that told him to come. God, I mean, Satan calls God's voice to be dimmed down in Peter's mind. And when Peter's focus shift, shifted, saints, guess what? He began to physically sink. It changed his condition. What did it? It was the voice of the enemy that Peter could not recognize. How often does that happen amongst us? Think about it. Christ was standing right there in the presence of God. Satan was able to change Peter's thought. Think about it. With God, the almighty God, standing right there. Peter wasn't able to maintain his focus. How often does that happen among us? So how important is it to be able to to, to recognize the voice of our Lord and the voice of our enemy? I don't know about you, but sometimes I have conversations with uh, loved ones over the phone. And uh, (laughs) my daughter. Right. She's she's 13 now. Sometimes I'm on the phone and it it depends on the quality of the sound that's on either end. I I actually sometimes think I'm talking to my wife, my wife. (laughs) And then the more I talk and I I listen, I say, Anna, is that you? (laughs) Yeah, daddy is me. Sometimes voices sound alike. Isn't that right? And how many realize Satan loves to try to come into our minds and into our lives and try to disguise himself as though as though he's God? How is it that you think that anybody that has ever gone off on a tangent of a false belief? What do you think led them in that direction? It was an undetected voice of the enemy. Imposing itself as being the voice of the very God that we serve. And listen now to them. It is God. And I want to say this to be fair. All right. Nobody ever 
desires to go off into a wrong belief of any kind. You understand? They don't do that just, they don't make a choice to go and follow Satan. But he's come in such a deceitful manner until they don't realize that they are following Satan. The Bible itself says that Satan is able to transform himself into an angel of light. And his ministers as though they're ministers of righteousness. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 1 it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, it says, Some shall depart from the faith, it says, giving heed to seducing spirits. It says in doctrines of devils. Nobody that has ever, nobody that's right now in a traditional, I'll say a traditional organized religion, nobody within there believes that they're following Satan. We would have a hard time trying to convince them of such, right? But yet the fact of the matter is they are following Satan. How? They weren't able to distinguish the voices. Amen. That voice recognition is so important, saints. It could be the, it could be the difference between life and death. How many people tonight or this morning, today, have committed suicide. Taking their lives by what? Following a voice. It just doesn't come in all of a sudden and just say, hey, kill yourself. Satan don't come in or, or, or an evil spirit don't come and make itself known. Hey, I'm the spirit that, that brings about thoughts of suicide and I want you to think like this. No, it just comes as a thought. Satan begins to minister to them through the things that they're going through. Causing them to gain a certain perception of their situation and their life. And then suggests and tries to persuade and convince them that you need to take your life. That's your only way to freedom. Amen. It's a deception. And it happens all over the world. And guess what, saints? We're not void of it amongst the message. There are young people, middle-aged people, and old people that go through things. They may really love God. But sometimes their situations get so overwhelming that they become sidetracked, spiritually speaking, and they get an amnesia. Isn't that something? (laughs) Sometimes you see people that you really love. They've been steady strong at some times or at some point in time. And then certain, a series of certain things happen within their lives. And the next thing you know, they seem like they're kind of falling off. And you see it because you've been close to them maybe and you love them or whatever. And you go to them and say, hey, is everything all right? I noticed a change in you. You're not as fervent about the service of the Lord as you used to be. I see that you know, you're missing more and more services and a 
Or maybe if you're living in the same home, you might take notice to the fact that I don't quite see you praying that much no more. I don't see you reading your Bible that much no more. I don't see you listening to the message that much no more. What's happening in that spiritual realm? It's a voice. It's a voice that's subtly come in and it's speaking. Like I said, right now there are voices within each one of our minds speaking to us. I just want to draw your attention to whatever that voice is. And I want to take it beyond from this morning in this service. Just throughout the week when you were away from church. Because like I said, Many people are unaware. They just take it as a thought. They don't see it as being a voice that's separate from them because Satan wants to convince the individual it's you. But it's not you. As we just read, saints, in the book of, of Job there, it says that God can speak on several occasions and a person perceives it not. How many times have I myself been in situations where God was actually trying to communicate with me? And you kind of catch a glimpse of it, you know, something you feel like, well, what's that? But you, you just, it's not clear. And, and I, I want to share with you something here out of the message because it really hit home with me. Because especially as a minister, right, it's very beneficial for all the saints of God within the body of Christ that the ministry be able to have a clarity of communication with God. Amen. More than anything else. Because if we can't properly hear from God, then what? How many people this morning are preaching and God ain't even in it? All the efforts, all the gas that was spent and, and every, the electricity and all of that that's being put forth to try to have a service and yet the whole thing is in vain. And it's happening all over the world right now. Watch how the prophet spoke about this. I've been studying quite a bit in the message called Hear His Voice. When it comes to the clarity of God's voice to us, because as we saw with Samuel, you know, his life was dedicated to the Lord, right? But even though his life was dedicated to the Lord, meaning it was dedicated to a service, right? He wasn't out in the streets living a worldly life and things of that nature. He was in the service of the Lord. Isn't that something? And I just just right now in my heart, the young people come upon my heart. You know, you, you, you're taught right. You're brought up in a Christian home. You, you actually come to church, right? Right? You, 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 you're at this moment in your life, your life is being dedicated to a service for the Lord. 
But look, Samuel, his life was being dedicated to a service for the Lord. But yet the Bible says at this point, he didn't yet know the Lord. How many times have I taken it for granted that my kids understood things they didn't even understand because I felt like you've been in church. You've heard these things preached. But that didn't mean they were able to actually they actually were getting it. Amen. A lot of it was going over the top of their heads. And listen, how often to our children, the voice of Satan is actually speaking to them. And they can't perceive what's going on. They don't pick it up as being the voice of Satan. So Samuel, he didn't know the Lord as of yet. So when God began to actually speak to Samuel, he went to Eli. Here I am. You called me. Eli said, I didn't call you. Go and lay back down. And then he caught it. The Lord must be calling the child. Brother Branham was elaborating on that. And he was saying how the church at that time had gotten away from the things of God. He says, and even Eli had gotten away from the things of God. And the way that Brother Branham put it was, he said that he was just going about the services preaching a social gospel. Preaching whatever he felt like would please the people. And that brought about the condition. So there was no open vision in that day. He said the voice of God was very rare. Watch how he says this now. This is hear his voice. He said the voice of God. He says hearing his voice in that day was a rare thing. He says, see, there was no open vision and it was a rare thing. The real voice of God. I've never been one to want to become fanatical to any degree. I never wanted to be one that just assumed too much. You see, I needed for God to help me to wait for him in such a way that I would act like I would actually be waiting on him and the enemy wouldn't be able to come in and try to trick me into believing that something was God when it was not. How many people today, saints, do we hear say that the Lord told me to do this and the Lord told me to do that? And God wasn't nowhere in it. You hear that in abundance. Because it, it gives a person a sense of, 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 of security and being assured that whatever decision that they made, if, if, if depending on how strong of a, of a desire a person has to do a certain thing, they'll try to make that God. <laughs> what the Lord told me, you ain't really prayed about it. You haven't really waited on God for it, but you just so want this thing in your life that you just assume that it's God because it's good to you. It's a good thing for you. Be it going to another state, taking another job, going to whatever the case might be. It's needful for you and I to really labor in prayer before God and wait on the Lord. Until we really hear his voice. But 
But sometimes I, I, I believe also the Lord allows people to follow wrong leadings. Through that, he brings about a lesson. Because no doubt they may be a true son and daughter of God. And it's a part of maybe the way in which he ordained for their life, to come, for them to come to a place to where they could become more familiar with his actual voice. We all made wrong decisions, haven't we? How many of us have made decisions and we actually thought it was God? Just to find out it wasn't God. Amen. Amen. And it was a lesson, but then depending on the type of lesson it was, it taught you, 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 you never wanted to revisit that area again. So it made you more careful. Now you wasn't so quick to make a decision as you were before. And that's a good place to be, to be a little more cautious. Right. So he goes on to say this. He said the voice of God hearing his voice in that day was so was a rare thing. See, there was no open vision. It was a rare thing. The real voice of God, he says, because the people had gotten away. He says they had a church in that day. They just didn't follow the commandments of the Lord. He says and he says and talking about Eli and he had gotten away from God by just teaching the precepts of what the people wanted to believe. If that isn't parallel to this day, he just taught the people. He took his his choice ones and he had his sons to take the best of the flesh from there and the hooks, he says. And it just became become a place where the offering was the main thing, he says. And Samuel just careless. I mean, talking about Eli, just careless about the way that he handled the commandments of the Lord and the real word of God was a rare thing. So people's personal lives, he was talking about the church here, right? But the life that we actually live outside of the church, amen, that's what determines how clear the voice of God becomes to you. Because, listen now, when I talk about voices, you may not necessarily hear words per se, right? But it's, it's, it's in that spiritual realm. You know, when God sometimes talks to us saints, don't we feel like an impression upon our heart? You know, you might feel a little funny feeling. So I don't know. I don't know what this is, but I just feel like, like God wants me to do this. And then he comes and confirms it and vindicates it to be him. Right now, I want you to understand also for every evil action or thought. That comes from a spirit. It may not necessarily be a voice that you hear, but you, 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 you feel the direction it's trying to lead your mind in. Or, well, it has to lead your mind first before it brings about an action in your body. There's no crime that's ever been committed without it first being a thought. An impression upon a person's heart. A suggestion to the mind. Eve could never have come from behind the word of God, right, without it first being a word come to, that actually came to her. The voice of the enemy in that spiritual realm, it spoke to Eve, right? And when it spoke to Eve, what happened? Brother Branham said this. He said, well, she made her mistake as she stopped for a moment to consider 
just to entertain for a few seconds the voice of the enemy that was trying to cause her to go contrary to the word of God. And, and look, by opening up the womb of her mind for just a moment, just a few seconds, with that suggestion, a spirit was right there. The opening of her mind was equal to the reception of that spirit that was bringing that thought. And as soon as she considered it, the next thing you know, the Bible says she's looking at the very devil that's in the body of the serpent with her own eyes. And the thing that was evil, now all of a sudden, her whole view changed. Now it wasn't that bad no more. She saw that same tree that was evil as being one good for food and able to make one wise. What did she do, saints? She took on the mind of the devil. Often saints, even today, how many people are going back to the things of the world? Amen. Inviting within their lives again the thing they once cast out. How did it happen? Because they stopped for a moment to consider the voice that was speaking to them. Not knowing that a spirit came behind that. Remember Nellie Sanders? Satan watched her. He knew what her past life was, right? Here she is coming back from the store, wherever she was coming from. And Satan had it all arranged. She had a thought to go down a particular road. How helpful it would have been for her to be able to recognize the voice of the enemy. Why would I go down that road? It's a club down that road. Huh? But she, Satan knew that, see, and she was at that time, she had just made a decision to live for God. Watch now. And she didn't yet know the Lord. God's voice wasn't familiar to her like that. She was just having experiences based off of her predestination. Right? God delivered her. But now the devil brings to her mind, go down that road. That don't sound like a thought from a devil, is it? Huh? Normally when those voices speak to us, it don't want to sound too alarming. or It don't want to come in a way for us to be able to identify, oh man, that's the devil right there. No, it just comes in real easy. Go down that road. She's walking down the road. Now he anoints the DJ to play a song that maybe he knew she was real caught up into at one point. So now she gets to about where the building is, and now this particular song is playing. And what did she do, saints? She fell right into the devil's trap. She stopped for a moment in the street. But like Eve, when she stopped for a moment, the bat demon that Brother Branham described that came out of her, that spirit entered into her right then. And once that spirit entered in her right then, saints, what did it do? Then go on up to the steps. Just take a listen. Next thing you knew, she was being lured onto the floor. How did she get on the dance floor? A spirit never laid a hand on her. It was a voice. And by the voice of the enemy that she considered for a moment, that spirit came inside of her and it made her look at the situation in a wrong light. 
It made her see it in a way that it wanted her to see it. It's, hap- it's happening with the televisions, the cell phones. At the swipe of a finger, you can come across any site you want to. And sometimes sites are kind of stopped upon. Advertisements are kind of looked upon a little too long. It happens all the time. I've watched saints and the phone is being utilized so much. I know, I, I, I know, I know a lot of us got our, our Bibles and stuff on the phone. We ain't looking at the Bible that much. <laughs> on the phone. We ain't searching the message that much on the phone. It's a lot of idle time being spent. And I'm saying that because our prayer lives, now for anybody that has a right prayer life and your life is consecrated to God, pray for me. Alright? I need more of a a consecrated life, prayer life in there. I I, I, I just, I, I I don't feel satisfied. With where I'm at. So I'm taking inventory. I'm saying Lord. Things ain't quite where it needs to be. right. I'm not quite where I need to be right now. Not that I'm trying to put myself in any particular place. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just like Lord I feel like you want to do more. Amen. Amen Lord. What, what, what might be hindering me Lord? And I'm talking. And honest Lord. You, you want to be honest with yourself. You don't want to hide yourself from yourself. <laughs> well, I think I'm like this. I'm a pretty good person. Did the Lord tell you that? Because if you saying that of yourself, then what, what good is that? <laughs> if the Lord ain't the one telling me I'm where I need to be, I don't want to, I, I don't want to just, you know, put myself in a place. Brother Branham talked to man, talked about the man that was within the, he was playing the instrument, you know, and he was playing it or whatever, you know, and the crowd was going wild. He said, man, you had an awesome performance. But his whole time, the whole time his attention was up in the, the balcony where the one that taught him was sitting at. He wanted to see what was his response. I don't care. I don't care how well a service goes. Right? It's not about the, it's not about the response of the people or your reputation that you gain among. That means nothing. Amen. Amen. Because at the end of the day, God is the one we have to answer to. Amen. So we look to Him, Lord. Are you pleased? Is is everything all right, Lord? And that's how we live in a true bride member's heart. Your heart is always in that place, Amen. Lord. Am I being well pleasing in your sight? And because he is who he is, he's very honest with us. Why? Because he wants to help us. There's a real place he wants us to come into. But Satan doesn't want that. That's why when we're outside of church, we get so busy. Seemingly. But we ain't as busy as the devil want us to, he want to make it seem to us. We got time. We can make time to be able to have more of a prayer life. Let me read some. Because that's the very thing, saints, that leads us into that place to where we can recognize God's voice more clearly. Watch this. 
hear his voice again. He says, when men and women used to pray all night and their homes were set in order by the book of the Lord and God was first in their home. See, he says, we got too many things ahead of the Lord. We got to go cook. We got to clean. We got projects around the house. Uh, We got schooling. We got work. You know, many times we got to work from home, especially with the whole COVID situation, you know. You know, and whereas you could clock out, yet you want to knock out a little more. You know, when you go in and you roll into dinner time, you got to fix dinner. Then there's family chats and whatever. Now it's time to clean up after dinner. And the next thing you know, you pooped. (laughs) You're tired. You know, and now you're laying down to relax on the chair, whatever the case might be. The next thing you know, you're kind of dozing off to sleep a little bit. You know, you come to yourself, man, I need to go ahead and get in the bed because I got to get up early tomorrow. But within all that time, we find time to get on the phone. <laughs> See what all the highlights are. Amen. And then the day is gone, then the week is gone, and then the month is gone. And if we think back on it, we haven't even spent a good, solid hour or two hours in prayer. Or just in isolated time to be able to read God's word, pray over it while we are reading it, asking God to give us understanding. Watch this. He says we should wait on the Lord, you see. We do all the talking. We don't give him a chance to talk back to us. That if we would pray, listen to how he says this now, if we would pray and pray until our souls come into the presence of God, Not just a little quick prayer, kind of listing off to God our little checklist of prayer requests. And then shortly after, get up and say, okay, I prayed. He's saying, no, we got to be able to sit there. Because listen, while you're praying, I don't know about you, saints, but thoughts be coming to your mind while you're down in prayer. And you got to kind of almost make yourself refocus. You know, you know, I, yeah, I got to get that chicken out the thaw. <laughs> Forget the chicken right now. You're praying. The chicken will come. But see, that that's how the enemy comes. Because he don't want us to enter into that place to where our souls come into the presence of God. To where his voice and his communication with us becomes so accurate. Because that means something for his kingdom. That means something for those that are around us when we come out of that presence now. I don't know about you, saints, but I've seen it happen. I've seen God just come into a place. Amen. You don't want to make yourself anything or whatever, but I've watched God. I've watched God operate. Whenever you are in that place to where you have been praying and reading like you should, you know it's a difference. You know it's a difference. You might have all kind of things going on, but your mind is, like the Bible said, your mind is in a place of peace. You're not as irritated. You're not as agitated. You're not as frustrated. You're not as worried. Those are the devil's thoughts. How he comes to our minds and tries to cause us to worry about things and be overburdened and overwhelmed. That brings stress. That brings strokes. That brings heart attacks. That brings high blood pressure. He wants all those effects in our lives. 
He wants us to walk around in an overwhelmed, overburdened frame of mind. Like I say, God can do something for you and it's almost like it's nothing. Now you're thinking all about your problems again. You understand what I'm saying? That's how he robs us of our victory and our joy. He don't want us to dwell in those places. He wants he want our minds to take to the next problem. See, but David used his testimonies to defeat the bigger things that came in his life. I'm almost done, saints. Brother Brandon's wife made a comment about an Amish woman. He says, men that waits upon God comes into his presence. And to come into the presence of God is just like out early of a morning when the dew and the honeysuckles are all sweet. He says, when you come into the presence of a person like that, he says, you know they have been with God. He says, my wife said to me coming down this morning, she said, Billy, I don't mean to say this to flower at anybody. But she said last night, I believe, or one of the nights, she said, I sat by one of the little Amish women and a little lady with a cap on her head. He says, she said, and you could tell that woman had been with Jesus for she was so sweet. Her soul, she said, was mellow. Her eyes were clear. There's not no sin or nothing to hide behind or anything. She had been in the presence of God. Her senses wasn't dull. Amen. By whiskey and tobacco and all kinds of things of the world. She was refreshed from the presence of God. Reading her Bible. Studying God's word. Our prophet taught us two very key things that I believe are overlooked way too often. He said, if you want to get closer to God, it's within every one of our abilities. He said, read your Bible and pray. That's how we climb higher. Sitting in that presence, that atmosphere, amen, where God is pleased. Oh, man, all kinds of growth and everything takes place in that place. That's why the enemy want to try to pull us out of it. Voices. Go to work. Go to the store. People all around. Spirits all around. Oh, man, there's so, so, so many things coming to my mind right now saying so I'm trying to I'm trying to narrow it down. Just spirits all around. Listen now. Even in our own homes. <laughs> you know, everybody ain't on the same page all the time. Husbands might be anointed wrong. Wives might be anointed wrong. Children might be anointed wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm one within my household. I don't, I don't care that I'm the father and I'm the husband or whatever. You know, I try to be very honest with myself. I don't want to make everything everybody else's fault. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes I'm anointed by a wrong spirit. 
Brother Branham talked about the atmosphere. He came home. His wife had a busy day, hard day dealing with kids, people, and all that, and she was just frustrated, tense. Uh, <laughs> sisters know what I'm talking about, especially those with kids, busy kids too. <laughs> and she, he came in the house, and he saw her condition and whatever, and what did he say he wanted to do? He wanted to change the atmosphere. So he didn't go to her and start quoting scriptures or whatever the case might be. But without her knowing, he just walked up to her, put his hands on her, and just began to talk to her about a nice dress he saw. What was that? That was the wisdom of God, the leading of God. Huh? And then he took the apron, I believe it was, he went to start washing dishes with her. I'm not the kind of husband also that just... Let's my wife do everything. And I see she's overwhelmed and got a ton of this and a ton of that to do. Even though I've been at work all day, I'll come right home. And if I, I look around and I see where she's at and whatever needs to be done, I just go right in there and start doing it. Wash clothes, wash. The only thing I can't do is cook. I, I pull the meat out and stuff for her, put all the seasons. I can't pull the seasonings out because I don't even know how to make it taste like she do it. You need me to go to the store and get anything, sweet? That's <laughs> you know. If I cook, I just let the restaurants cook for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about the extent of my cooking there. Amen. But he changed the atmosphere. Amen. The thoughts of the enemy was bombarding her mind went to make her tense. When those tense moments and those stressful moments come, just know it's thoughts now. It's, it's, it's views of the enemy that he's projecting to your spirit, projecting to your mind, trying to make you see your situation in the way that you do to make you frustrated. You ain't got to think like that. Huh? But it's we, 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 like I said, he just able to ease in like that without us detecting it. We can't recognize the voice. And we find ourselves thinking in a certain way. As I was coming to church this morning, the enemy was trying to distract me. But because my mind was on his word like this, the Lord helped me to remember my sermon. Amen. He's trying to distract you. He wants to hinder the service. And my thought was able to be shifted back on God. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you find yourself thinking on things and the Lord will come in and stop you and say, why are you looking at that like that? Even if it's something that's overwhelming you, what can you do about it? He said, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He don't want you walking around overburdened about something you can't even do nothing about in the first place. Give it to the Lord. Let him take care of it. That's why he's here. He's our husband. He's our burden bearer. Every one of you people who profess to be Christians, get yourself quiet before him. Don't let the washing hinder you. You trying to pray and got to wash clothes come to your mind, forget about the clothes. Don't let the washing hinder you. Don't let nothing hinder. Don't let nobody know what you're doing. Right? He's giving us keys here because he knows how Satan operates. I was ministering on this on this past Wednesday. Amen. Brother Branham said, if you get ready to do anything or whatever, don't speak it out of your mouth. 
He said, because Satan will try to do whatever he can to cut every road off to try to get before you and mess things up. If a thought comes to you to go and pray, don't say, well, I got to go pray. Just just go. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Just go. Watch. He said, don't nobody know what you're doing. He says, just go before him. He says, get up in the woods somewhere. Get out on the side of the road. Go to the secret closet and close the door. When the kids get at school, there get down on your knees. You've heard all kinds of voices everywhere. He says, but just get down and stay there until those voices are silenced. Because this is what God has been dealing with me on, saints, I'm telling you, this actually works. I'm a man like every one of you are natural men and women, all right? I don't care that I'm in the ministry. I got, I deal with real life like you deal with real life. And here recently, because the Lord has been dealing with me on this, I've gone in my prayer room. I've gone to my room and closed the door. And while I'm down, when I first get down in prayer, you, you don't just enter right into that place. Nah, you got the, you, you, just like when you come to church, when you come to church, some, you come in from all kinds of activities and whatever, but when that song service is coming forth, it's to help our thoughts to get settled, right? It's, it's to help our focus narrow in on the Lord, amen? And when that anointed song comes forth, amen, it begins to, God begins to sweep through the building, amen, and gather all of our minds together on him so that he can now move and bless us. In prayer, and I'm fighting. Amen. All kind of thoughts come into my mind, but you got to lay there and you got to battle it out. Amen. When you realize how much of a need you have, you sit there and you battle it out. And I literally, it was so recognizable to me. I laid there, saints, and I battled, I fought it out. Every contrary thought that tried to come to my mind, like the Bible said, you cast it down. Isn't that right? It says bring it into captivity. How many thoughts? Every. Amen. You fight it out. And then it got to a place to where now my mind was just clearly upon the Lord. I said, Lord, look at that. All those voices were silenced. He says, he says, you've heard all kinds of voices everywhere. He says, but just get down and stay there until those voices are silenced and you begin to lift up. He says, it'll change you. Amen. He said, it'll make you different. Like it did this little this little Samuel. He says it'll do something to you if you'll just do it now. It'll make you what you should be. Because now when you're in the presence of the Lord, amen, now the voices become more distinct. Because now you're more spiritually tuned in. Amen. And the voice of the enemy is now more recognizable. Why? Because you're in his presence. Now, now his discernment is flowing through you, causing you to be able to identify that hidden enemy that lurks around like he does. Now, when other people talk to you, you're listening now with another another type ear. (laughs) Amen. Now you're able to pick up on whether or not this voice is coming from God or not. Amen. Now you're more equipped for spiritual warfare. Paul said he fought, but he wasn't fighting like one that was beaten at the air. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to leave you with this last one here. (laughs) 
This morning might be the time, he says, that you make up your mind. Whether you're going to listen to what the television says or what the paper says or what the theologians say or what God says. Let me tell you as a people, don't you listen. He says, don't you listen to what anything says but what God says. He says, wait on that still small voice and he will change you. He says, you say, I'd like to believe, Brother Branham. I wish I could believe. I wish I could do certain things. He says, but you can't. He says, why? You don't get quiet long. Listen to this now. This is the Holy Ghost. This is the Holy Ghost giving instruction to his church. This ain't, this ain't Brother Branham. For people that like to think about it as being Brother Branham's message and you following a man. No, this is Christ's message. We're following Christ. Brother Branham was just a vessel that God used to speak the word that he was giving. Isn't that right? See, that's that that's a deception of the enemy. They don't recognize the voice of the enemy that's making them look at it in that light. But it's a false light. Praise God. Watch how he says this now. You don't get quiet long enough. You don't get into a place to where the doubts are all gone. What is he talking about? He's talking about prayer life. He says, when you enter into that place where the doubts have passed away, then you will be free. He says, and you can hear the voice of God speaking. Child of mine, I am your savior. Child of mine, I am your healer. You don't have to do these things. I died that you might be free. Where the devil tries to make it feel like you're caged. There are some lingering issues that seem to always cycle through people's lives and minds. Things you've been wrestling with, certain things you got, you find yourself repenting of continuously. Amen. When you got this kind of a prayer life, listen, the key is through prayers, through consecration. Because when you enter into this place right here, you realize I'm free. How many realize every one of us free this morning? Whatever, whatever you think you're bound by, that's all it is, is a thought. That's not reality. That's the voice of the enemy saying that he's there to stay. You've tried to get rid of me for so long now. Look, I'm still here. Buddy, you can leave right now. Amen. Didn't he talk about Johnny Crow? Johnny Crow was already untied, but he was bound in his mind. That's the only bond. That's the only chain he had. And it wasn't even a real chain. It was an imaginary chain, an imaginary rope. See, the devil wants us to think like that. Stay in that place. Stay in that that spiritually dull place. The way he can still try to enslave us. To do his lusts and his desires. But I'm telling you this morning, saints, every one of us is free. Christ made you free and if you have a thought that you're not free just let the devil know you're lying to me that's not the voice of my Lord that's the voice of my enemy trying to make me stay where you want me to stay but God is pulling the cover off of you now buddy praise God <laughs> he says you don't have to do these things I died that you might be free But as long as you're down here in this vibration, he says, mixed up with all kinds of voices, just whirl away from all of it. Oh, man. 
I believe you understand. Amen. I don't have to go no further. I could go a lot further, a lot deeper with this. But I feel led to stop right now. I believe we understand. We see what the Lord is communicating to us. And I believe it touches every one of us, young and old. Amen. In my heart, I feel burdened for my children. You know, like, Lord, help me. Because I don't feel like that I've done everything fully in the way that I should have. So now, you know, I've been saying it for a while, but last week, I said, you know what? I said, we're starting back up our weekly Bible studies. And we started last week because there was a conversation I had with my daughter. I had her reading her Bible, you know, when I said, when I get home, I want to talk about it with you. And so she would read whatever she wanted to read. And she read this particular John 3.16. And when I was talking to my daughter about that scripture, it was so powerful. I said, I got to talk to my other kids about it, too. So last Monday, I just got all of them together because my the oldest son is in the house now. He got his own little business and whatever. So I got to try to find a time where he's free. And Mondays are his free days. So I said, you know what? You home now. Let's come on in the living room. And saints, if I can say it in this way, we had church. It wasn't just something I felt like I was giving to them that I wanted to give to them. But when I went over that scripture with my daughter, it just so laid on my heart. And when I began to talk to my kids about it, God just dealt with things in such a way. I knew it was God. Amen. What is it, saints? We need to bring the consecration back to our homes. We need to bring dedicated devotions and prayer times back to our daily lives. The enemy tries to make us feel like we're so busy and we don't have time for that. We better make time. It's rapturing time. There's a place we must be spiritually to be able to deal with the the, the demonic forces that's mounting up against us. Those 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 two thousand horsemen loosed at the river Euphrates, those demons that Brother Branham talked about, the lid being taken off of hell. Right. Oh, man, I'm trying to stop. Those spirits came and they targeted the Jews. You see them targeting the Jews, right? But I, I, it's this book my friend had called The Chronicles of the Holocaust. And when I read through that book and I saw how things were being set up all around them, how it, it just realized, like, man, look at this. The enemy just came in. He was working in a way that they didn't realize it was against them, right? But he was setting things up on a higher level. And then once he got it set up on a higher level, then it began to draw down right. It, it was targeting them. And the laws begin to draw right down until it focused right in upon them, which brought about their persecution. But when you look at how it was brought down and what began to happen, it just really caught my attention. There is a place we must be in spiritually. We can't afford right now to have our spiritual senses dulled. It's time for us to really get in as close with God as possible. Now, I want to say this. I understand we're predestinated, right? Right. All right. But yet the prophet spoke thee. God was speaking these things to the bride. I'm not I'm not going to do that. 
I'm going to stop. God was speaking these things to the bride, saints, to help us to get to where we need to be. Amen. Let's pray for one another, right? Like the brother was saying while you were conducting, I love that, brother. We are family. Amen. This is part of, this is a part of my family in Hickory. Hadn't seen you in a while. You know, some of you I never saw before, but we family nonetheless as far as in the body of Christ. Amen. And I look forward to spending eternity with every one of you. Amen. I'm not one that goes around and wants anybody to be lost or trying to identify who's serpent seed or whatever. That's all. It's, it's going to show itself for what it is. Amen. But I pray for people because if it wasn't for the grace of God, that would be us. We ain't so special. That's why like the Bible says, if you see a brother overcoming a fault, what do you do? It says you go in the spirit of meekness and humility. How? Considering yourselves. Why? Because that could be you. That's them today, but it could be you tomorrow. And how would you want to be handled? How would you want to be approached? God bless you, saints. Pray for Brother McBride. Pray for my family. And as the Lord would help me to remember, I would be praying for you all as well. Amen. Let us all stand together. I feel like that was the will of God. Amen. It's, it's very difficult, like I said when I started. It's not easy being in the ministry. You just don't want to be up here with idle talk. But I felt like that was the will of God. So may God bless each one of you. Amen. Let's, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Help us to love you more. Father, these are things we've heard many times over, Lord. But God, in my heart, I felt like it was relevant for this day, for this time. Lord, and I believe you're here and you're confirming that within our hearts, Lord. I believe you ministered to us, Father God, and we're asking now that you please, Lord, be, be gracious to us, Lord, and grant us strength. Help us to humble ourselves to you, Lord God, as you desire, Lord, so that you can bring us up into whatever place you have for us to come into, Father. We just want to be in our positions. We want to be meet for your use, Lord God. Lord, we love you. Help us now. If there's anybody out there that stands in need of prayer with all of our heads bowed, let's just, you can acknowledge it to God by an uplifted hand. He knows all things anyway. He knows right where every one of us is. Father, you see our hands, Lord. You know what that direct need is, Lord, and you are the almighty God. And you love us and you care for us, Lord. And you're here to help us, Lord Jesus. Help us to come into a more consecrated walk with you, Lord. Help us to draw close to you, Father. You know how to do it, Lord. We commit our lives and our situations into your hands as to a faithful creator. In Jesus Christ's holy and precious name, we ask these things. Amen. God bless you, saints. Appreciate you.
appreciate Brother Dennis coming this morning. Appreciate all of you being here. I tell you, it touched my heart just thinking of how we need that family devotion time. This family devotion time. That prayer time. We, we sing this song, Sweet Hour of Prayer. How many of us get that, get that these days? It's almost unheard of. Yet the writer of this song longed to be back spending that hour in prayer. Just think about it. Think of where we are in a modern age with all these things that are supposed to make our lives simpler and easier. How often do we get to spend that sweet hour in prayer? Amen. Listening for His voice. How hard is it going to be to hear and understand His voice if we don't have that experience of being in communion with Him in the first place? Let's just sing that song, He is here. He is here. on the altar to speak with the Lord this morning. Feel free to do that. We're going to sing that one more time, sing a few more songs, and then we're going to uh, say goodbye for this morning. But I pray you'll take the word that's been delivered to you and done into your hearts today and find that time with Him. Find that time to commune with our Lord, to be in the garden with Him uh, sometime this week. Starting today. Sunday doesn't end when you leave church. Sunday, the Lord's day is all day long. Amen. He is